Hello, this is Mike Burek, uh, your host for Krenitsia, The Well, a podcast series on Ukrainians and Ukraine and uh, their lives around the world. I'm here today in Lviv, Western Ukraine, with Yuri Zastafny, who is the co-owner and managing partner of Pravda Beer Theater, which is also part of the Fest Group in Ukraine. So welcome, Yuri. Hello. It's good to have you here today. Thanks for agreeing to sit down and chat with us. That's my pleasure. So I'd like to find out a little bit about, first of all, how FEST got started. And then we can talk about Prob the Beer Theater after that. Okay, so there are these three guys, uh, Andriy, Yurko, and Dima, who were doing different jobs at that time. So Yurko was a journalist. Uh, Andriy was a, a finance executive in an oil trading company. And Dima was an operational executive in the same company. Uh, and they um, they witnessed... Uh, lots of people leaving Lviv for Kiev, for Kiev and for other cities to Poland or uh, elsewhere to Western Europe. And that, that kind of irritated And they thought, okay, Lviv is a, is a special city. It's a, it's a gem of East Europe. Uh, and we are the citizens, citizens of this uh, city. What can we do for this? And they decided to set up a, a company that, would, that would, open, uh, would open themed restaurants, not just restaurants where you can just eat and have a drink, but something that will uh, uh, make your stay there fun and also uh, enable you to learn something about this town. So this guy, these guys never opened um, an Italian pizzeria or American uh, diner or something from the outside, but each restaurant that they opened is themed after something local. For example, Kriuka means like a bunker. Uh, it reflects the history of uh, the Ukrainian uprising army at the time when uh, Hitlerism and Stalinism were, were fighting on the territory of Western Ukraine. Uh, and it's full of images and uh, facts and artifacts from, from that time. So this, this is a controversial period uh, in the Ukrainian history, but it still enables people to, to think about this. Then another thing is like Mazoch Cafe, which is like a joke, jokingly cocktail bar where you can also have snacks. Mazoch, Leopold Zacher Mazoch, the guy who actually uh, give, gave term to uh, Mazochism, he was born in Lviv, so there was a cafe and a small monument in front of it uh, dedicated to this guy. So uh, place after place, they grew to like 30 plus restaurants. Some of these places are based on uh, now on solid manufacturing, such as Lviv coffee manufacturer or Lviv chocolate manufacturer. And these places now enjoy a, a good chain of franchises across the, con- uh, across the country. I also, I understand you're also in the chocolate business. Yeah. Uh, Lviv has been always uh, a, uh, a place for three things, product-wise. Uh, good coffee, good chocolate, and good beer. Uh, now, uh, big corporations came, came into the city and they actually took over the manufacturing facilities. And they have kind of, they took soul away from, from these products. You know? So nobody now comes to Lviv and buys a Nestle chocolate. You know? uh, although there is a huge Nestle factory that makes kind of Lviv chocolate. You know? But the guys, even with that kind of competition, they set up first a small, um, a small workshop making handcrafted chocolates, and then it developed into a solid manufacturing. And now, based on this manufacturing, uh, you have 30 plus franchises of chocolate across the country. So uh, people, people can buy a, a right to have a Lviv, uh, a small Lviv uh, coffee shop uh, in East Ukraine or in, uh, in in the middle of Ukraine, etc. And that's what that's what's uh, going on now. 
uh, now one of the new products is the cher alcohol cherry infusion. So there is uh, this sweet stuff, it's about 15% alcohol. It's a long handcrafted process, including uh, aging in, um, in oak barrels, etc. And it's a new product that will develop into franchise across the country. So basically it started with the idea to make the city better, uh, to create jobs and fast employees well, just, just about 2,000 people, which is like not a small number for, for a city. Uh, for, for, for a city like Lviv. Uh, it creates new projects, uh, it's being creative. Uh, the average age of, of these three guys is, uh, is about 35, 36 years. So it's, um, and they are pretty welcoming to other people joining, coming with ideas, coming with projects. Uh, and now it starts making polo shirts of, uh, of like premium quality. Uh, it, it has now a partnership in, in book, book publishing business. Uh, it has a couple of hostels, things of, uh, of more, uh, has a farm with uh, uh, pigs and, uh, and cows and bulls uh, in the farm. So it's like extending where, where it can make a, a difference. Right. So how challenging is it in Ukraine for young entrepreneurs to start a business and sustain that business? Um, the only, well, the biggest challenge is always in, in your own head. Yeah? If you come to... Uh, if you think of opening your business and if you start thinking that the state will pester you or the sanitary inspection or fire inspection or tax inspection or whatever, if you come with that attitude, you won't be able to, to open and to run and to develop the business. If you have, uh, if you have a can-do attitude, uh, there is no, nothing stopping you. Uh, and uh, you, can have, you can have some distractions from the outside. But these are normal destructions that everybody faces, like in family life, in, uh, in business life, in everyday things. So you, it's, it's the matter how you uh, approach them and how you deal with them. So the short answer to your question is, uh, uh, Ukraine is probably, it, it may sound like, uh, it may sound strange from, uh, from your listeners from outside of Ukraine, but still Ukraine as a young nation, it's still one of the, probably one of the best places to, uh, to do business. Okay, it's um, to do business entrepreneurship. Yeah? It's still, um, uh, they say there are regulations. There are regulations, but there are people who deal with these regulations. So you have to have good accountant, you have to have good lawyer. Uh, but first of all, you have, to have, uh, you have to have the attitude that you can do this. So here we are, we're sitting on the corner of Rinek Square, across from City Hall in Pravda Beer Theater, mm -hmm. which is a really unique for Lviv, although Lviv does have a brewing tradition going back to, I guess, the 18th century. So I, I understand that Pravda Beer Theater was really your idea, and you brought that to the Fest Group. Yeah, that's So right. how did you come up with the idea? Okay. Uh, first of all, I had a good level of trust in, uh, in my partners in, Fest, in the Fest Group. Uh, I witnessed, that, witnessed them working together well for about 10 years as an uh, in uh, independent director of uh, uh, being on the board of directors of FAST, non-executive. Uh, and I saw that that partnership works together. Different people can, can really like... Uh, Different skill sets. Exactly. And they combine together pretty well. Uh, second thing, I was doing, I was, I was thinking products. And, and out of three main products that Lviv was famous for, there was only one that Fest didn't touch yet. Yeah, Fest touched coffee, and it started roasting its own coffee, bringing coffee from the outside, selecting best coffee varieties uh, across the globe. Uh, and now, uh, most people who come to Lviv buy Fest coffee from the mine of coffee uh, across the Rin another from another corner of Rinnok Square as Lviv coffee. The same happened with chocolate. Yeah? 
and beer was the third product that Fest didn't didn't get uh, get didn't get busy with yet. So uh, I thought, okay, I used to live in Belgium for a couple of years in uh, in the middle of nineties, uh, and I I had this idea in my mind. I love beer, and I had this idea in my mind from from Belgium times that beer is not necessarily a boring uh, drink. Yeah, it's not necessarily just one type or two types or three types. It can be fun. It can be different technologies. It can be different raw materials, uh, etc. So I started thinking into beer and start, started going to Belgium, to the Netherlands, to Switzerland to, uh, to work as a, as a workman at the breweries, waking up at five o'clock in the morning in rubber shoes, uh, in rubber boots, in, uh, in overalls, really working in the breweries, in different breweries who would agree to, to have a, a trainee like this. And I got a bit more into technology about cleanness, how you, uh, I was, I didn't become a brewer, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm very far from being a brewmaster or a, an actual brewer. Right, so you don't have those uh, technical skills. No, no, no. Uh, I'm, I'm, I come from economics and finance, so I really don't have that skill. Uh, I, I wish I had them, uh, and I, I hope I'll, I'll have them in the future. Uh, but um, at least I got an idea what, what, how, what kind of mindset you have to have towards your, uh, raw material towards your customers, towards the towards the place where you're creating your beer, and uh, uh, most of all about the cleanness of your product, like uh, really microbiological cleanness that allows your beer to last long, to to be clean, to uh, to be enjoyable, and to be of international standard. Yeah, because we are exporting to quite a few countries by now, uh, and that's important. So, uh, with that in mind, I was uh, I was looking for an outside brewer. I really wanted to have a brewer from uh, from Belgium or. Uh, or the US. Uh, I didn't really want to have a brewer from Czech Republic or from Germany because I didn't want to make German or Czech beer and most uh, mostly the the keepers of Czech tradition they brew Czech beer. Sure, uh, Wagner style. Yeah, well right yeah. down the middle of the road. Exactly, yeah, which is not a bad beer at all but I'm a Ukrainian guy. Ukraine is one of Europe's biggest countries. It's proud of its heritage. Uh, it's been brewing beer as well. It doesn't have its uh, own styles yet but we are here to create one. Why not? I mean, if you if you open a brewery, you you want to have not just to brew a Czech beer, for example, or American beer. You want to create your own beer, the beer of Lviv, beer of Ukraine, and the beer of that level that would go into all international classifications as a beer style from Lviv. Yeah. Um, and with that in mind, um, we were looking for for uh, good brewers, and first brewer we had was a young lady from from Belgium. Mm-hmm. And when was this? Uh, this was uh, end of 2014. I think we brewed our first batches in, in great panic uh, in the 20th uh, of uh, somewhere in the 20th of December 2014. Uh, she had to leave in uh, five months due to family circumstances, and I was uh, frantically looking for a brewer. Uh, and uh, I contacted one of my friends where I had uh, a head brewer of a, of a Dutch company, and he was he mentioned that he met another guy, Corey McGuinness, in a uh, I think in Denver or, or somewhere at the beer festival. So we got in touch and in, only in five days Corey was here, which showed like a great, uh, great attitude. You know, he wanted to brew in Europe. He wanted to make a difference somewhere. And I ho- and, and then we had a, a quick talk and he was back in a couple of weeks. Uh, and now he's here for two and a half, almost two and a half right, years. So you basically have an American brewmaster here now. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, and that's, that's so much uh, fun and so much logical because because uh, uh, while uh, America uh, doesn't have that like hundreds of years of brewing experience, but America, American brewers are, uh, they're not like, they're not... Uh, not cookie con- cutter at this point. Yeah, and they're not kind of contaminated with too much of that should be only like this, you know? Right. Like, uh, like A lot of experimentation germs. going exactly. on in the exactly. U.S. now. And it's like pre-mined, uh, it's like you, 
you collect the best, the most interesting technologies from, uh, the Americans collect the most interesting technologies from Belgium, from the UK, from Czech Republic, from elsewhere, and they mix this and they use it as they want, you know. Some of the American experimentations will probably send some German brewers in, into like into into panic. And uh, what what are you guys doing? You cannot be doing that. It wouldn't pass the German purity law. It wouldn't indeed. No, it wouldn't wouldn't at all. Yeah. So that's 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 what makes me happy because uh, Corey had uh, U.S. experience. He had the European experience, uh, and he's very uh, eager and willing to to mix mix sorts, mix styles, use local materials. Uh, beer is so much uh, versatile gastronomically uh, uh, and so much rich product you know if I'm, I'm, I have nothing against wine but wine is a bit more like uh, the sun and the soil creates something and then the wine the, the guy who does wine he doesn't have too much influence there is something going on in the tanks but you can't add herbs you can't add this and that you have a pretty homogeneous product you know like red dry or red or white, white uh, dry wine or sweet wines, etc. In beer, the brewer controls uh, things. First, you control your raw material because you are free to use the plants that grow around you, and you have to use plants that grow around you because that's that's where you belong. Uh, one thing. Another thing, you can change the technology. You can add things as you go, pretty much to the last stage of beer. Where almost when, it, actually, you can even change your product even at the last minute when it's ready. Yeah, you can still enhance it. You can still make it more flavorful or add some local touch, etc. And that that what makes beer a great product. And more and more people understand that it's more versatile. Can be bitter. Can be sour. Can be sweet. Can be all of it together. It can be aromatic. Can be flat. Can be uh, fun. Yeah. yeah. And so I understand some of your beers have won awards in Western Europe, for example, at some of the competitions in Brussels. Yeah, that's right. And uh, which ones? Uh, our first, uh, Corey brewed he, one of his first beers. He joined uh, 18th of uh, uh, May 2015, and just uh, one and a half month into his stay here, he brewed uh, an imperial style, like heavy, heavy black, uh, a bit on the bitter side, uh, more than 10% alcohol. Uh, he brewed it on the 4th of July at the Day of Independence of America. And we wanted this beer to be ready for the day of independence of Ukraine, which is 24th of August. So we want to have that bridge between two independence days. So we got that out just before Ukrainian Independence Day. And then we, we learned that there is a very prestigious competition. It's called Brussels Beer Challenge that year. And we sent this beer to that competition. And we were actually pretty surprised because we existed only like eight, eight or nine months at that time. And we won bronze medal for that beer. Uh, and that beer was uh, uh, was like the first medal we had, and then one year later, uh, at the same at the same competition, which is very tough, Belgians are very selective and choosy, and they're very correct about about beers. Uh, we, uh, we we won a gold medal for our American style red ale, which is called Red Eyes, which was even bigger surprise because that really sends you into the uh, upper league of uh, beer manufacturers. Yeah, we we were competing with uh, I don't know maybe. 50, 60 other breweries over the world, including Amer best American breweries, who brewed that style as well and who presented that style to that beer competition. So that's very impressive. I understand now that you're actually expanding or extending Pravda Beer Theater. You you already have a smaller pub in Kyiv, and I understand within Lviv you're moving to a place called Fest Republic. Fest Republic. That's right. And I think there's a big festival actually this weekend, Friday yeah. and Saturday. So what's all that about? What's going to go on there? Okay, so Fest Republic. Uh, 
my partners uh, fast they um, they used to rent office space here and there in Lviv uh, and a certain moment they thought okay what I mean we are doing fun restaurants we are doing fun other businesses but our office is kind of dull you know it's like everybody else's office so they set out to find an industrial estate in the city but not in the center somewhere outside and they bought uh, an ex glass manufacturing facility which is which wasn't operating as such for a number of years maybe uh, like 20 years or, or something it's not very far from the city center uh, it's behind the, the mountain the soki zamok uh, it's about three kilometers from here uh, and it's like a couple of hectares of industrial estate like old bricks falling down buildings a big chimney and so it's really like an up-and-coming area yeah well it's it, it was not up and coming their area yeah, it's like uh, it's like dilapidated industrial estate now as they as they started renovating the, uh, uh, this area and they moved their office there it started slowly uh, and actually only over the last two months it started to become uh, like a hipster new interesting interesting thing to to do because people people are tired of portion too much of elegance and too much of uh, like cleanness and stuff like that um, and uh, we started to live up that place to, to really make it more fun with our uh, craft beer uh, festival, which took place two months ago, and we attracted like eight thousand people from from the city. Uh, uh, renovation is ongoing, so there is, it looks better and better. And because it's like a collection of old buildings, we've decided to expand our production, which is not enough already now, uh, to uh, to that estate. So we're setting up actually in the coming months we are setting up uh, an extension of our production facility right there part of this as, as the time goes goes on part of this will be uh, visible to all the vid- visitors of that place uh, it will be like big tanks uh, shining big tanks uh, behind the glass so people who come there and visit and walk around uh, with families they'll see they'll as well as in Pravda Beer Theater, they'll see how the production is, is taking right. place. is there some residential space associated with this uh, you mean whether people live on that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there are houses, private houses around this area, but not within this area, and right. they, they will probably not be uh, this. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so where does Pravda Beer Theater go in the future? This is your final question. All right. Okay. Well, we have um, we have three developments in in our minds uh, at this moment of time. We are already exporting to about six countries. So we wanna we want to export to a couple of more countries. So we have uh, we are talking to distributors in Israel, in Spain, in uh, Canada, in uh, Italy, uh, and in Belgium. Uh, it's ongoing, and probably we will uh, end up uh, exporting to about ten countries by the end of this year. So ex- ex- expanding our exports is one of the things. Another thing, uh, the small pub that you mentioned in uh, that we have in Kiev. Uh, we're going to set up like 10, 15 pubs like this uh, by the end of, uh, probably by the middle of 2018. It's like an uh, informal style uh, pub, uh, very similar uh, visually to Pravda here. And the third thing, which is uh, like uh, something that, that we need, need to think about, as you as you walk through Pravda here, you'll probably see that it's pretty international looking. Yeah? You can find this place, it's not very folk, it's not very like even Ukrainian, in, you know, it's not... Uh, right. Yeah, it's, uh, it can look as, as well in Barcelona or, or New York or Chicago or Hong Kong for that yeah. matter. Yeah? Uh, but because it's a big investment uh, and it's a big house, it's brewing and all the technology, uh, so we are thinking about setting up like a copy, well, at Pravda, Beer Theater, elsewhere. Um, uh, in, the, in the big international capital. 
but that's something that is still you know down the road a bit. Yeah, exactly. Okay, great, Yuri. I think we're out of time today. Super. But I want to thank you so much for agreeing to talk with me and our audience on Krenitsia uh, the Well. I'm Mike Burek, your host for Krenitsia, which is a podcast series on Ukraine and Ukrainians and their lives around the world. And uh, until next time, that's it for now.